This is Cricket Ultras. You're listening to Arun Sudhaman, and joining me from Shanghai, the latest in a long tradition of Australian whingers. It's Darren Burns. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Arun. Yes, that's the big story this week out of Shane Warne's mouth. Um, of course, Shane Warne has now become a commentator on the Fox Network in Australia. A pundit. He's accused Aussies of being big whingers this week. Yeah, he's moved on from and accusing the, the Poms of being whingers. That's right. Mm. So the tide has turned. Although he does live in England now, doesn't he, really? He lives in London, I think, most of the time. Yeah, um, yeah it's true. So he's turning the tables on Australia. And he's I, one of his quotes, I loved the quote the most was, he said, people are saying we should be more like New Zealand. Ha, 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 come on. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I kind of, when I saw this, I thought it's about as bad an insult as it gets, really, for an Australian to accuse his fellow countrymen of, uh, of whinging. Um, but I guess now he is, sorry, go on, yep. Yeah, what he's referring to, I guess, he said that he noticed, of course, everybody has twenty twenty vision in hindsight, that he thought that in the lead up to the test in South Africa, that Australia were being a pack of whingers by complaining constantly about what was going on on the field and off the field. And he felt there was something wrong with not the culture, he said. He was very at pains to point out the culture wasn't a, 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 a mistake, mm. but that there was something not quite right. They're whinging more than they normally do. And it said he called it un-Australian. Whinging is un-Australian. What about giving information to a bookmaker named John? Is that un-Australian? <laughs> That is very un-Australian. Mm, just, just asking for a friend. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Um, he also and, um, said that he... he and remains... I must say, taking diuretics is very Australian. <laughs> so, you know. He also said um, it, was a, it was a diet pill, was it not? That's, that's about Australian as it gets. Correct. Um, he also said he remains <laughs> sceptical about Tim Payne as long-term leader. So there's a vote of confidence. Uh, but I, I think he said that just just as a means to prolong his uh, his antipathy towards Adam Gilchrist, uh, because his next yeah. quote was, "I'd say it to Gilly face to face. I don't think keepers make good captains." Hmm. Try saying it to, to MS Doney as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I think the other funny thing was that he said um, that he thought Tim Payne was doing a great job. Oh. Um, <laughs> I think he's. I think he's had one test as captain, um, and they got absolutely flogged. So um, yeah. So I think Warney's just being Warney. Yeah, you can't. You can never read too much into Shane Warne, uh, as entertaining as he is. Did you ever? Um, did you ever watch the reality show about Shane Warne? Called. No, I did not. Oh, you you're, you're missing out. There was a documentary. I think it was only. Somehow, I don't know why, but it was only two or three episodes. I mean, really, it should have been, I mean, it should still be going. Um, but it was called Shane Warne, Living the Dream. And, really? Uh, yeah, and it kind of followed him around his life uh, in Australia with his kids and also in England. But the best part um, about this reality show and, and the part that always sticks with me is um, there is a painting in, uh, in Shane Warne's study in his Melbourne right. home. And he commissioned it. It's kind of like a mural. And it's a painting of his ultimate dinner party. So all of the people who would be at his ultimate dinner party. And it's actually like a mural that shows them all hanging out together and talking and <laughs> laughing. And I'll tell you who's at Shane Warne's ultimate dinner party. First of all, Angelina Jolie is there. Um, 
not only is she there, she's topless. Wow. Yeah, which I guess is news to her. Um, wow. I'll tell you who else is there. Jack Nicholson holding a case of VB. <laughs> I, I can't see it somehow, but whatever. Um, Bruce Springsteen is shown deep in conversation with Shane Warne. <laughs> Frank Sinatra, Elvis, James Dean, Marilyn Monroe. And then just to, just to kind of, I guess when you have that kind of a, of a lineup, there's really only one person missing, Darren. Adam Gilchrist? No, actually, Michael Clark. Oh, Clarky, of course. His best mate. So, His best mate. Yeah, oh, I forget. Muhammad Ali um, is also there. Uh, <laughs> JFK, JFK is there. <laughs> Talking to Sharon Stone. It's, of um, course, Sharon Stone has got to be there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's quite something. Uh, and I, I'd encourage our listeners, you can find this mural online. Uh, Dimitri Mascarenhas is there as well. <laughs> that, that's how, bizarre. That's, just, I know, that's I a real left field one, that one. How he found his way. So I guess into Liz picture. Hurley is not there. She's actually not. This, he may have commissioned this before, um, before he started his, his, his relationship oh, with Liz Hurley. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's a, it's, you could describe this as a terrifying insight into Shane Warne's yes, mind. And, and I think it's pretty scary. It is. I, mean, I think there was also a, a Shane Warne musical, wasn't there? Oh, wow. That was on the East End for a while. Yeah, I, 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 that, day maybe. Yeah, I, 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 I never watched it. I'm not sure what the reviews were like. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure they weren't that positive. I, um, the best thing about Shane Warne is the book On Warne by um, yeah. Gideon Hay, which is very good, I think. Well, Gideon Hay, most of the stuff he does is pretty damn He's good. He's the best, I think. And we should probably have an episode at some point on best cricket books. We um, should do that, actually. Yeah, because Gideon Hay will... will will figure very prominently. Yes, I imagine he would be. It's interesting, isn't it, that two, maybe three of the best writers about cricket right now are from Australia. How about that? Who would have thunk it? Well, I, I mean, you would have assumed there'd be more from England, but it seems like the best literature, not just literature, but reportage as well, is coming out of Australia. And with that in mind, over to you, Darren. Tell us about... What's happening in the IPL? That was a good segue into, <laughs> into Australia. Uh, thanks for that. So IPL, it's, it's coming down to the business end of the season. I think there's about five matches left. So if you listen to this podcast on Friday or Saturday or Sunday, you know, tune in, turn on, and bring it on. Five games left. Right. Everybody is still in play for the finals, Ooh. except mm. the Delhi Daredevils. Oh, of course. My big call for the dark horse of the season they're already out of course but everybody else is still in so sunrises hyderabad mm, and the wonderful and inspired leadership of kane williamson is through to the top um and then csk your hometown well chennai super kings are already through yeah and the rest of the two positions are up for grabs right now so tune in over the weekend and have a look it's, it's amazing um some of the highlights for me have really been the rejuvenation of Moeen Ali, both with bat and ball. He's come back from the seemingly dead. That's nice um, to hear. Yeah. yeah. I like Mo. Yeah, he's been dropped though, hasn't he, from the England England team. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, it's we'll nice to see later. that he's back in form. He's a very talented cricketer. And, it, it, you know, he he's such a nice guy yeah. as well. It was 
He's a nice guy. Yeah, it was, it was not pleasant. Um, very nice guy. Mm. And so I think the continued rise and rise of Andrew Tai, mm. I think we talked about him last week, he got another four for this week. I think he's about six wickets ahead on the top of the table. Um, he, he seems to bamboozle batsmen day in, day out. And he seems to be able to swing these knuckleballs and do everything. And we talked about it last week in quite de- a lot of detail around the skill of some of the fast bowlers now. And again, going back to the bowling again, if you look at the top 10 bowlers this IPL, seven of the top 10 now are fast bowlers. So that's been a big change in the last couple of years. Um, so really exciting weekend coming up in IPL. The finals are next weekend, I believe. But check out some of the games. Even last night's game between the RCB and Sunrisers was a 200-plus game. It went down to the last over. Um, really super exciting stuff. Yeah, so who do you think's got the... I mean, I don't know if it's if it's possible to say. So uh, Sunrisers and, and CSK are through. Um, the Kolkata Knight Riders are two points behind them, so they have a, a, yeah. a better chance. And then you've got four teams all on 12 points. Correct. Mumbai Indians, Royal Challengers, Bangalore, Rajasthan Royals, and the... Um, Kings Eleven Punjab. Punjab. If you had to pick one of those four, Darren, who who would it be? Just so we well, know, just so we know who to bet against. So, I, so early in the season, I did say RCB. I, I thought they might go through. Mm. Um, I think Mumbai Indians are, are a rank outsider. Oh, really? Um, Despite their pedigree. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's hard to call, but I'd say probably RCB. I'm going to stick with them a bit. Okay, perennial underachievers. That would be yes. that would be it something. Could be time to achieve. Yeah, if they made it through, then like you know they could. They've got a good lineup. Has to be said. They, they do, and I think with Moeen batting well for them, and I think you know we've seen uh, we've seen De Villiers doing very well. We've seen Coley doing very well. So they've got a pretty good, powerful bowling lineup, and the batting's and the bowl, so the batting lineup and the bowling's coming to the fore now as well. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Arun? Are you still sticking with CSK for the for the cup? Um, I don't actually think CSK will win it. I think they. So going to win. I think they're they're sort of punching a little bit above their weight. I think because they've got we talked about this last week. They have so many old players in their team, um, so I think they're quite crafty uh, and quite yeah. savvy. And you know, as we know, when it gets to the business end, it often does come down to these low low scoring matches. Yeah, it does. Um, but I just think there are t- other teams there who have the talent that can take the game away more quickly than CSK can. Mm. And so I, I really like Sunrise's Hyderabad. Um, they're yeah. doing really well. I, I, I also do like the Kolkata Knight Riders as well. Um, I think KKR have been flying behind the radar, but haven't they? Below the radar sort of a bit. And they, I think they haven't been talked about that much as a contender, but, but they do have a good bowling lineup. Um, yeah. And of course, you know they have an explosive batting lineup as well. So it's it's interesting. They got you know Sun on the Rhine, and of course, our friend Chris Lynn, mm-hmm. who sort of started to hit their straps. Yeah, Dinesh Karthik is is in Dinesh Karthik, top yeah. form, and they've got the leg spinners um, Kuldeep Yadav and Piyush Chola, both of whom are, are bowling pretty well. So they have a well balanced team, I would say. Um, mm. So anyway, let's talk about England. V Pakistan. Or before we do that, shall we talk about Pakistan's last test match when they beat Ireland, making their test debut. Um, debut. Or debut, even. Um, debut. I thought Ireland, as far as inaugural tests go, you'd have to say Ireland performed very creditably. Indeed. And who can forget 
Mr. O'Brien's century um, in their first test match. It was scintillating. Got them to a lead of about 160, 170, and Pakistan were wobbling there at one stage, weren't they, in the chase? Um, well, Imam, Imam Al-Haq was, was literally wobbling, I think, during, during one <laughs> he of the... He was wobbling a bit. He's, he's uh, obviously the nephew of Inzamam Al-Haq, and, and it's good to know that running between wickets runs in the family. In the fa- I, I was waiting for that, yeah. <laughs> he's a shocking runner, so obviously he has been taking a few tips from his uncle. Um, I think he ran out his partner the other, other afternoon. He did. Um, yeah. we, it was just basically a yes, no, sorry. Cool. <laughs> it um, was a classic. It was a real classic in Zamam <laughs> run out. It's almost as if he'd, he'd kind of been on YouTube yeah. and had gone and was perusing the the many yeah. videos you can find on YouTube of in Zamam's run outs. I um, think the, his partner basically ran two thirds of the pitch of the way down the pitch and then ran back again and almost yeah, made, it, made his ground. Yeah, that, that, is, that is the classic in Zamam <laughs> run out where he just doesn't move or he moves oh, funny th- a half and step. It wasn't- yeah, and he hit the ball straight to the fieldsman too. It wasn't like it was it was a good gap. He just hit it straight to the fielder at Bibwicken called yes. Called yes. And, <laughs> and then, then turned around and said no. Yeah, then realized that that would involve running. That's right. Whoops, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, the I'm not sure I would necessarily call Kevin O'Brien's century scintillating, but he deserved it. I mean, he deserved it completely. And uh, well done to the 35-year-old. Yeah. Uh, Ireland's, I don't know if I'd say he's Ireland's best batsman, but he's certainly been their, their most consistent performer in all forms of cricket and played very well. Ireland overall, I thought, played very well, you know, against a, a, a tough opposition. Um, Pakistan, of course, now move on to face presumably tougher opposition uh, in England uh, in the first test match. Um, and England have named their squad a squad of 12 and the big surprises here I guess although I'm not sure these count as surprises really so first of mm. all James Vince um, has been dropped Out. Yep, after flattering to deceive all winter mm. uh, very easy on the eye batsman but unable to build the big scores uh, so he's been dropped, um, and in his place, Joss Butler has been drafted mm. in, which is an interesting call uh, because Butler's last Test series was in 2016 in India, and he didn't do particularly well. Uh, he's he's a very talented batsman, particularly in the limited overs game. He actually doesn't play a lot of first class cricket these yeah. days. Uh, he's he's in been good... blistering the IPL. He is. This yeah, season. he's 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 in very good form, and I guess that has, that has really counted for something. The weird thing, I think, is that he's been picked as a number seven specialist batsman, which I always find really strange when batsmen mm. get picked at number seven. I kind of feel like number seven should be the preserve of all-rounders and wicketkeepers. I'm with you. It's, 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 well, I guess this time of year in England as well, um, you probably don't need as many bowlers as you would later in the, in the season. Um, not if you've so got they gone? Uh, and if, if, Jimmy Anderson. I mean. And they've also got Ben Stokes back, right? Yeah. Which, which they have another bowler, which he didn't have in Australia. Yeah, they do. Um, He's batting at six. They've got, so. they've got Mark Wood and Dom Bess. Yeah, Never Dom Bess. Dominic Bess, Somerset spinner. Dominic Bess. Um, Bessie. He's basically in the squad because of his Somerset teammate, Jack Leach, having, mm. uh, I think, broken his finger. And Jack Leach was, was um, I think, a shoe-in for selection. 
I think he got I heard he broke his finger at throwdowns in the nets. Like, how do you break your fingers at throwdowns? Oh, I mean, it, it, I mean, in terms of the sort of spectrum of injuries, I think throwdowns are okay. It would have been more embarrassing if you know he'd been opening a jar or. Yeah, he was opening a jar. Who got injured opening a jar? You did. Putting, yeah, putting together <laughs> IKEA furniture. Haven't these things happened to you, Darren? Right. Well, yeah. Um, so who's going to be twelfth man? Um, Bess. I think. Yeah, most likely. I'm not. Well, it depends on whether they want to play a spinner at all, right? Or, I mean, do they need a spinner? I don't think they do. No. I mean, they they could probably just let Joe Root bowl a few overs. Yeah. Um, if 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 they do want to play a spinner, then they'll make need to make a decision between um, Chris Wokes and Mark Wood, mm. right? Because the rest of the team I pretty so. much picks itself. You've got Stoneman and Cook. You've got Root. You've got Milan. Milan. Um, Bairstow, who's going to keep the gloves instead of Joss yep. Butler at number five, which I think is also a little weird. I think mm. the higher you go up the batting order, the harder it is to keep wicket. Um, it's you know it's hard work keeping wicket, especially in England. Um, Joe Root is moving to number three, so that is news. Yeah, he hasn't batted at number three for quite a while. Um, well, actually, since he became captain. Uh, but his his best uh, innings and in fact his record is is better at number three than it is at number four. So uh, I don't I don't know I don't think it makes that much difference really, does it? I think he said he was trying to get you know better down as the captain, and he felt batting at number four was better for him. Now I think he's he's more confident in his captaincy, and I think he, he can separate the batting and the captaincy. So I think he wants to go back to number three. I think it makes sense. I mean, Ricky Ponting never shifted, did he? Yeah, he started at number six, though, right? Oh, did he? Um, but by the yeah, time he got to captain, I think he was. But I think he was number. Yeah, three. I, I think I think you have to have a number three that the opposition feels in, worried about and intimidated about. I think they don't feel that way if, if Milan's batting at three or, oh, I totally or agree. James Vince. Yeah, right? I totally, you need someone who can handle the new ball as well. Yeah. And Joe Root can do that. Um, I mean, I, I actually think uh, Virat Kohli should bat at number three. Yeah, but he doesn't seem to like to, does he? Well, I don't know any batsman that wants to bat at three instead of four. <laughs> do you? <laughs> yeah, I'll take what I can get these days, man. If the captain asks me to go at number three, I'm going straight in. You're happy um, to be in the top seven. Um, no, but you know, they, they would much rather wait until the ball's a bit softer and the and the, the, the first choice bowlers have been taken off for a breather. Yeah, but I think number three is a real tough I agree. position. And I think you have to have somebody that can really, that's really got a hard, a really hard approach in there at number three. Mm, I agree. Um I suppose the only interest, the only other interesting thing here, and I actually have to offer, offer up an apology at this point, um, to you? Nick Gubbins. Uh, Gubby, yeah. On on a previous podcast, I, I may have said that he was engaged, <laughs> and uh, we've had some feedback from our listeners, uh, mm. and it appears that um, Nick Gubbins is in fact not engaged, um, and uh, he he may or he may be in a in a in a, a long term relationship. I don't really want to say too much here. I feel like I said yeah. too much last time. Um, you're, you're, not trying to, you're not trying to block him, right? <laughs> no, definitely not. I'm, I think I'm, I'm quite keen to get him onto the podcast, and apparently there's a chance it may happen. Who knows? Uh, but that was, I guess, one of the um, one of the decisions that he didn't make. It. He's been in, in top form for Middlesex, um, but they have kept faith for now with Stoneman. But I suspect Mr. Gubbins um, 
is knocking on the door. Okay, so Darren, what yes. do you make of the possibility that they're going to abolish the toss in test cricket? Yeah. So toss the toss, I say. Um, I think it's a great concept. They've been using it in county cricket for a while. Just for those of you who don't know, the ICC now is thinking about launching, well, next year when we, when we start the Test Cricket Championship, which will be the, the first series will be the Ashes in England in 2019. They're thinking of abolishing the toss. Or in other words, that what they will do is let the touring captain choose what to do. So bowl or bat first. I think it's a great idea. Um, I think it does remove a little bit element of the toss. And I think particularly in Australia sometimes, you know, if the wicket is really a good wicket on day one and day two, then it deteriorates. It's really great if you win the toss and you kind of, whoever wins the toss wins the match. And I think it's very similar in India sometimes, right? So I think that, that getting rid of the toss out of the equation. Yeah, I think everywhere it's, it's a real issue. Um, I think less so, less so sometimes in England. Um, if I'm honest, um, but yeah, I think it's a great. I think it's a great idea. Why not try it for a while? I think it's totally great. Yeah. So it looks like there's there's support behind the move, according to the um, to the stories I've read. It seems like all of the countries are behind it, except for one. I wonder who that would be. I wonder. I mean, they don't they don't disclose who it is. You you can only imagine. There's yeah. There's the recalcitrant. Who is it? Um, I can't imagine it could be the same. It could be the same board that opposes day-night test matches. That opposed DRS. <laughs> that opposed 2020 cricket. That yeah. opposed the one-day international. That opposed their players playing in international T20 tournaments. Um, <laughs> all right. Could be. Could be. Um, all right. But it looks like it will happen, and um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I suppose the only issue is that there are some people who think that the toss is good TV, to which I would say, you're not watching enough TV. But I think the decision can also be good TV, right? They can also come out and say, look, Smitty um, or Tim Payne, what are you going to do? Are you going to have a bat or a bowl? Um, and they could add, also add a whole new set of unintended consequences to this thing. So do the groundsmen jazz up the pitch a bit to make it look like it's going to be a green seamer when it's really not, you know, do they sort of oh, play wow. around with it a bit? Um, so, so the mind boggles, um, uh, because we mind do know games. that in certain, so that we do know in certain, certain places that the groundsman is influenced by the captain and perhaps the board more correctly. So let's see, I think it's going yeah. to be a great addition. Or, yeah. Or some, sometimes in some places the, the groundsman prepares a pitch to oppose the captain. <laughs> Screw you, buddy. I'm doing my own thing. Um, let's, let's, let's never forget that either. Look, it's not as, the idea is not as good as the 100, let's be honest. Not as good as that. But, you know, it's innovative. I, I like the innovation. So, um, no, I think it's a great idea. Colin Graves has come out this week and said, uh, defending the 100 and saying that it's definitely... Definitely a, a great idea, despite the fact that everyone has, has said it's a it. bad idea. <laughs> he has come out and said um, young people are not uh, interested in cricket. Right. And so therefore, we need to change the game. 
uh, I don't want to say too much. Colin Graves is very litigious. Yeah, he's uh, very... Um, but I think... <laughs> connected to youth, isn't he? He's very connected to the youth. Um, apparently, apparently so. It's nothing to do with uh, but, put, putting the cricket behind the paywall, is it? No, it couldn't be. I think they probably they'll probably go through some kind of like metamorphosis or, or morph it and, and alter it a little bit. Um, but I don't see, yeah, I, I don't see it in the current format. Um, Jimmy Anderson made a made a great comment the other day. He said, like, I hate to be the guy bowling that last over the ten ball over. <laughs> it really suck if you're the guy bowling that ten ball over. Um, yeah, I think it's Jimmy true. Anderson's got nothing left to lose at this point. He can just speak his mind. Yeah, I don't think um, Jimmy Anderson will be playing in any the hundred game anytime soon. Um, and then finally, before we finish this week's instalment of Cricket Ultras, we are one week closer to the big day when Virat <laughs> Kohli pitches up in Surrey at the Oval and then proceeds to tour all parts of the of the, the lovely cricket grounds in England. I think he's going to be playing against Yorkshire in Scarborough. Um, and it actually made me think, I mean, he's only playing six matches, but it did make me think, everyone is assuming this is going to be some sort of great benefit for India. And, uh, and actually, Surrey are doing the English cricket team a great disservice. But if Virat Kohli loses form during yes. that month, which is a real possibility it on is. those green tops in the month of June, um, it will be very difficult to regain form in time for India's test matches. Mm. So it's a high-risk strategy, you could yeah. say. So I guess he really needs to put in those priming sessions, doesn't he? Those big gym sessions before a, before a hit-out and see how he does with that. So for, for listeners who aren't aware of this, Virat Kohli, of course, um, is uh, one of the fittest players, I think, in world cricket. Certainly, I think it's safe to say the fittest Indian player, player to ever play cricket for India. I think that's um, true. And... I mean, I mean, it's not a high bar, let's be honest, but... <laughs> That's harsh. You're a harsh I don't man. know, if, you, if you've grown up watching some of these Indian cricketers. Um, but he's, he's extremely fit and he has this routine where I think it's 30 minutes before he gets on the bus, he, mm. he does heavy weights, which I think is kind of similar to you, Darren, before you have a big pitch. <laughs> That's right, I, I totally do that. Uh, it's called a priming session. He gets himself all primed up and revved up. It's exactly what I do. I wonder how that will go down in uh, in Surrey. But I'm not sure county cricket is necessarily a hotbed of weightlifting. <laughs> I think I think you know you're living in the past a little bit. I think most people are pretty pumped up these days. And um, you, you mentioned the Indian team, but the current Indian team, I have to say, is quite fit. You'd have to say. Oh yeah, very. No, no. I, I, the current Indian team is, is is you know leagues away, and they're extremely fit. In fact, I I. I have watched them against other teams, and I've actually thought to myself, this Indian team is fitter than the other team, which would never happen before, unless they were playing Pakistan. <laughs> All right, no comment needed there. No, none. And, uh, you know, I think it's still an issue for Pakistan, for Pakistan. But, you know, I was watching the India-South Africa series, and I actually thought the Indian team looked fitter than the South Africans, which That's is a big a call. controversial. It is a big call, but I think it's true. I think some of the, you know, not just Kohli, but... Many of the Indian players are very fit now. I think Kohli and Kohli. They're, they're being paid so much that I think they, it's, you know, it's a bargain. They realise they have to put the work in. Some of them are still a bit pudgy, though. If you look at some of the <laughs> guys going in the IPL, I mean, they've obviously been getting stuck into the buffet. I mean, I think his valet 
Donny's valet doesn't look very particularly fit. Suresh Reiner. So the, I've always wondered about that because Suresh Reiner doesn't, he doesn't have the most felt figure. Yeah. Apparently, his fitness test results are always amongst the highest. Well, that could be true, yeah. So, you know, you, you, should never, you should never judge a book by its cover, Darren. You should never do that, Arun. Um, and equally, you could, you could perhaps have a, a player who looks super fit, but, you know, is a 30 or 40 a day smoker. Who knows? <laughs> True. We, we started the podcast with Australian whinging, and I think we were going to end it on Indian whinging. Um, okay. And I must say, I was glad to see Harbhajan this week come out with Ganguly and say, God damn it, go ahead and play the day-night test. What are you worried about? Um, and so I think that is probably not going to happen. And I think obviously Ganguly and Harbhajan are not playing anymore, so they can say whatever they like. But I think it was great to see them come out and say, you know, stick it to the Aussies, go and play the game. Let's see it. The fact is, test cricket needs all the help it can get. It totally um, that does. That means playing cricket at night, and we play cricket at night. Um, but India, the Indian cricket board, as we've discussed already on this show, has a long, long history of conservatism. Any time something new comes along, they're always the last to accept it. Yeah. And I think they will accept this eventually. Uh, because, you know, there's a number of ex-players who are on the, the, the cricket board and, and will make their voices and opinions known in due course. Mm. Um, and so I suspect it will happen. It won't happen overnight, but it will happen. It will. <laughs> Not over. I see what you did there. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, well done to, uh, to Ganguly and Harbhajan. Not two of the, the people I would necessarily imagine um, taking Australia's side on anything. Two very nationalistic. How times have changed, eh? Nationalistic men. Apart from thanking our <laughs> listeners, we got some, some very good, well, good, good response to the last episode with your North Korea travelogue. Um, and obviously the, uh, the feedback on, on Nick Gubbin's relationship situation was, was welcome. You know, we, we welcome all kinds of information about players in that vein. Um, and we will, we'll be back in a while. I'm actually on the road next week, but I'll be back... Um, in a week or so. So we'll, we will record then.